Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Hello and welcome. This is Julianne Black and you're listening to the I Am Woman Project, the place where collaboration meets inspiration and possibility. It is my pleasure today to introduce you to Candu Belts, an extraordinary young woman whose achievements impressed me immediately. So I'm very excited to have her share her story. This will be a fascinating conversation as we deep dive into Candu. Welcome, Candu. Well, thank you very much for having me. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. This is so exciting. You've got so many amazing things to share. But uh, we're going to have a bit of a laugh and a good time. I have a very strong feeling. Oh, definitely. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so growing up in Zambia, Kandu was acutely aware of the social disparity she and many others faced. The injustice was overwhelming for the free-spirited young girl and not something she could easily ignore. Encouraged by her father to stand up for what she believed in, Kandu began petitioning for girl-child rights. Some of her achievements to date include 2011 Commonwealth Young Forum Youth Representative, 2012 Young Social Pioneer, 2013 Creative Innovation Scholarship Winner, 2014 Women in Leadership Award, 2015 American Pioneer of the Year Award, and 2016 G200 Young Leader Commissioner. She's known as a social pioneer, author and speaker who loves to laugh and eat peanut butter and jam sandwiches. <laughs> that's fabulous. That's an incredible list of achievements. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow. So um, tell me, tell us a little bit that you just shared a really cute story about um, your grandmother making lots of jam and you having peanuts on the farm. Can you can you just <laughs> share that with our listeners? Just, to, just to yes, yeah, already. Already I'm a foodie. I love food. I love to eat good food. Um, I grew up with uh, my grandparents to begin with in the eastern part of Zambia in Katete. And it's a very small community, very beautiful area, um, just lying at the feet of the Mpangwe Mountains and overlooking the Katete River with lots of wildlife. But what I love the most about that area is the people, very colorful, very friendly, and just that sense of community. So my grandfather was um, a high commissioner, and he was working at that point with the community development. So 
he kind of knew everybody in the um in the community and he knew which families were struggling which families were doing well and um where we could help out but we also had a small farm so he was a subsistence farmer and we used to grow a lot of uh peanuts a lot of um yeah corn uh cotton uh we had an orchard with a lot of uh fruit trees in there so a lot of our food actually came straight from the land amazing so that's how i learned to eat um whole food and now i'm learning that was organic food yeah mm. and then there was a love of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches peanut butter <laughs> yes. and jam sandwiches that came out of that i love how it's such a it's such a story of organic and whole foods and then it comes down to <laughs> peanut butter and jam sandwiches <laughs> I suppose um I could say that would also be comfort food because it's something that I ate from a very very young age and it was there it was always there it was just abundant you know like we had so much peanut butter and so much jam in the house that you know snack time or breakfast you know I would put peanut butter in my porridge, I'd put it in my rice, I'd put it in anything wow. I could, you know. So I just had this love of peanut butter and, and jam. Yeah. So yes. it's a habit that continued today. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still make your own? Um, I haven't made my own for a very long time. Yes. Um, I think about, yeah, about three years now, I haven't made my own. Yeah. But what I do is I do get, um, peanut butter from Netherlands actually because it has no salt and it has no sugar so they, they have um, a very good brand from the Netherlands which is really good yeah amazing and look it was it was a little off topic going into that storyline but I think it I think it's testament to um, what is what we're going to be talking about today is just this this holistic life that you have um, being involved in and participated in your whole life and you are now sharing that uh, that wisdom and those insights uh, to everyone that you come into contact with now. So what drives you? I think it's, that's a very difficult question actually to, to answer but I'll do some justice to it. What drives me? I think it's the ability to realize that, you know, we are capable of doing so much more as human beings and as a collective. And then also when you offer a service or a product to somebody and you realize that that service or product has actually made somebody's life better, mm. you know, you want to replicate that success. You want to do that again. So the, the drive comes from that as well as knowing that um, there have been people who've walked before me that have actually paved the way for me to be where I am today. So it's kind of like, you know, paving the way for the future generation and, yeah, giving back to society. Yes, amazing. And th so the best part about your job is? The best part of my job is that I get to travel and to meet amazing people. I have um, traveled around the world and met, met so many amazing people who are living inspired lives and creating significant changes. So 
yeah, I think that ability to do what I love and then get paid to do what I love is, is it's a luxury and it's, um, it's something that I enjoy the most as well. Yeah, great. So with the benefit of hindsight, what would you have done differently in your life or career? Um, I think I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, nice. I wouldn't change anything. Everything that has happened to me and that has, you know, the good, the bad, um, the ugly from, you know, being poisoned to, you know, having a knife held to my throat and to meeting the Dalai Lama and having three beautiful kids um, and running a business that, you know, I love. I would not change a thing because each and every experience that I've had has led me to be where I am today. Yeah, wow, amazing. And the best piece of advice you've ever given? The best piece of advice I've ever been given was uh, when I was in high school, um, I used to be one of those girls that was always creative, constantly doing things, doing newsletters, and um, there were rumors that started emerging uh, in the school. And I was very upset about it. And I was crying. I went to see the school principal, David Tregeagles. And he said to me, he said, Nkandu, you know, people will always have something to say about you. No matter what you do or don't do, people will have something to say about you. And you have to choose, you know, what thoughts you are going to entertain. And at that point, I realized that, you know, yeah, of course, people always have something to say, but it's up to me to make that decision as to what's going to worry me and what's not. And then the other best piece of advice I was given was by my little sister, uh, Monique. Um, she said to me, when the going gets tough, dance, put some music on and just dance and then go back with a fresh perspective and look at the challenge. And it works all the time. I love that because both of those things are, um, are so powerful in themselves. One has you shift your physiology, which we all know when you sh when we shift our physiology, we shift our mindset and our state of mind so that we can't have one without the other. So in order to just com completely break state, getting up and putting on your favourite song, I often share that with my with my clients as well, where you just move, just exactly sing, move, dance, and the and your principal's advice. I imagine that um, you know that would have in in the times when you were talking about before, which you know sound horrific, being poisoned and a knife to your throat, and they that would have that advice would have. Um, held true in those moments as well after when you're reflecting and, and and coming to terms with it and being at peace with it I think that it would have been frightening and harrowing in the in in the when you're in the middle of it yes yeah no definitely but also one of the things that I learned at a very young age was to remain calm mm-hmm yeah so no matter how bad things are and not to react and I think um, that's also one of my greatest, I would say probably strength and weakness at the same time because I always take a step back and say, okay, 
what needs to be done here and um, and I just do what needs to be done at that particular point. And if it's not the best decision, you know, I always learn from that and not to beat myself up about it. But then also to realize that, you know, as a change maker and as a leader and as a woman, people will have opinions about you. And it's up to you to decide which opinions, you know, you're going to entertain and which opinions you're just not you're going to let go. So um, I've had a lot of people say and write even now um, about, you know, what I should be doing or what I shouldn't be doing. But my main focus is, you know, what are my priorities? So, yeah, we need to choose. We make our own decisions at the end of the day. Yes. And that's then driven by um, what? What is that? What is your drive or your mission? My mission is to create a platform for women and girls in particular to um, come together and learn about you know the soft skills as well as the hard skills and just that African philosophy of Ubuntu. I always talk about this philosophy. So Ubuntu is an African philosophy which describes the oneness of humanity. And the direct translation of Ubuntu is I am because we are. Mm -hmm. And Nelson Mandela did embody this, um, this concept. And it's a global philosophy, actually, when you get to, to think of it. Yes. And um, so my mission is to bring women and girls and to work together and create that sense of community and that sense of togetherness. And at the same time, while we're doing that, we're empowering each other, you know, to live a balanced life as well as earn a living doing what we love to do mm -hmm. and having respect and love for one another. Yes. And ourselves. And ourselves, yes. yes. Yeah. Which is a, um, that's a, and that is a big mission because not everyone is, is brought up in a space where they have really strong, positive role models. We all have role models and there's a lot of people that have role models of what not to do as opposed to what to do. So giving people a new frame of reference and especially women for how they can value themselves and respect themselves and love themselves um, and believe in themselves is it's such important and beautiful work. It is, yeah, definitely. And also, um, you know, like some of my role modeling, some of it has come directly, you know, from my immediate family and other has come from outside my family. And um, I remember when I was about, yeah, I was 16, I wanted to work for the newspaper no knowledge, no experience, and I went and I said to the editor, can you find me the best mentor to mentor me through to become a good journalist? And uh, within three months, I got um, the director for the Media Institute of Southern Africa, and he became my mentor for, for so many years. So sometimes we have to step outside our comfort zone and just ask for that mentoring, yeah, yeah, and I love that because one of the uh, one of the probably the a universal um, uh, human trait is being afraid to ask for help, and that but that's both a masculine and a feminine uh, trait, um, and so for because women tend to do it um, a little bit more. However, if it's um, if it's to have them be their best selves, 
um, and and put themselves on the line like that story proves. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> so I just, I just ask. I mean, what's the worst case scenario? Somebody might say no, then you ask somebody else. Yes. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. So, what's the greatest lesson you have learned? The greatest lesson I've learned it's about unconditional love. You know, and uh, this is unconditional love for myself and for everyone around me and, and for the world as well. I realized that, you know, if I love myself enough, I will be able to love others enough as well. And um, letting go of small things, you know, so, um, yeah, not holding on to things. So my, my, my greatest lesson is, yeah, is about love, unconditional. No matter what you've done or not done, you know, you deserve to be loved. And um, I've experienced that love from my family and from the people that I work with, as well as the community in general. So, and it also comes back when you give love, you get it back. Mm -hmm. And then also the idea of um, setting up boundaries, because sometimes when we talk about unconditional love as women, sometimes it gets to be interpreted, you know, misinterpreted to where, or, you, you know, People need to get away with certain things. No, it's about setting up also boundaries that, you know, certain things you will not tolerate. Like, for example, being in an abusive relationship, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's financially or physically, you know, you, you love yourself enough not to put yourself in that situation and you love yourself enough to become an independent woman and, you know, respect and love others as well. So there's so many layers to it. But yes, then again, the fundamental, you know, Part of it is just, you know, love yourself enough and automatically that love will flow to, to others. Yeah, there's a lot of forgiveness within that as well because um, if it's love yourself unconditionally, you really need to um, forgive yourself for the things that you think you should or shouldn't have done and what you could and can achieve because that gives you emotional freedom to being able to do, be, and have what you want. And I love unconditional love as well because we've got a saying that um, love the person, not the behaviour. Exactly. Respect the person, not the behaviour. And if we looked at people's behaviours a little bit more closely, it's I always, if someone does um, the emotion anger, I'm like, wow, what had to happen for that person to have anger as their first um, point of call, mm. you know, that it, it gives us a lot of clues as to what's going on for someone. Yet a lot of people um, um, uh, just try and fix the behaviour without the underlining thought processes that are going on. And I think we we live in a world, especially at the moment, that is starved from unconditional love. Um, and a lot of that is because they don't, people don't have a frame of reference for what that actually means. As you, as you talked about, unconditional love means enforcing boundaries. It means, um, being able to stand up for yourself. It means being able to have an opinion. It means knowing what you stand for as a person. Exactly. Exactly. Understanding who you are. Yeah. On an intimate level. Yes, mm. one of my favourite teachings. <laughs> so what advice would you give your younger self? The advice I'd give to my younger self is keep going. You are on the right path. Mm. 
Yeah, because I mean, as far as I can remember, um, growing up in Katete in this small little town, um, I was very much, you know, surrounded by people who are doing great things all the time. So I used to watch that, you know, the show, like the agriculture show. Um, and I just wanted to be a person who treated other people with love and respect. And I learned that from, um, my grandfather. We had, um, Dr. Kenneth Kaunda, who is the first president of Zambia, was visiting. And the way the president spoke to my grandfather, uh, uh, who was, you know, an important person in the community, and then taking a walk down the road, and then the way he was talking to the people who were on the streets and street people, uh, homeless people, I mean, um, there was so much love and compassion, and he treated everyone equally with love and dignity. And that was the kind of person that I wanted that, you know, when I leave a conversation with somebody, they actually feel valuable. You know, they feel that they've been heard. Yeah. Yes. So now I would say to my younger self, um, keep what you're doing and keep going. You're, you're on the right path. And so does anything keep you up at night? And so what does? <laughs> what does? Um, my mind is always buzzing with ideas. I have not yet learned to switch off. Um, it's something that I'm learning. Um, yeah, I have so many ideas and I want to do so many things, but I also know that I have to take it one step at a time. So what I do is I write down six things that needs to be achieved the following day. And I focus only on that. Anything else can wait. Yeah. But I'm a good sleeper. I love to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I can sleep anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good trait to have. <laughs> <laughs> so you've mentioned a number of people um, since we've been talking that have been an influence. Is there is there a standout? Um, I think a standout, my grandfather would be one. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, uh, and he still is a great person. We still laugh a lot. And, uh, he taught me about, you know, community engagement and also, um, contributing to my communities wherever I go. He says, make sure that you're contributing significantly to that community. And then I would say my father as well. He's uh, a feminist and, um, and I've been surrounded by, you know, feminists, both men and women. I've been very, very lucky. And uh, my, my husband, Eric, also, he's, um, he's a wonderful guy who is, yeah, very, very supportive of what I do. So, yeah, I think I've been very lucky to be surrounded by great men in my life. Mm. You told me a story one time about... Uh, your uh, your dad uh, being uh, giving you a really interesting insight into how to believe in yourself and to follow your own uh, rhythm. Yes, yeah. So when I was young, um, I'd gone to because I was living, you know, with my grandparents, and then I'd go and live with my dad and mom in the city in the Copper Belt, and. Um, and one time I was wearing these little pants, which my grandfather had bought for me, and they were so small that we turned them into shorts. Um, and I was smacked across my face by my uncle, and I was asked to go and change, to put on um, a skirt or a dress because I was a girl. And dad called me back, and um, 
he called me by my clan name, um, Makili, which means the happy one. And, uh, and he said to me, uh, where are you going? I said, I'm going to change. And he said, why? I said, well, because uh, my uncle has asked me to. And he looked me in the face and said, don't let anyone ever suppress your integrity or tell you what to do just because you're a girl. Go and change because you want to, not because you have to. And um, I didn't want to change anyway, so I just went back to playing, you know, climbing mango trees and doing what I wanted to do. But um, when I shared that story with my friends, I realized that there was quite a lot of gender inequalities that were happening in my community and that a lot of the girls in my community were not being treated with the same love and dignity that I was getting at home. Mm -hmm. So I wanted that to change. But for me, in order to do that, I knew that I had the backing of my father and I had the backing of my mother and had seen how the women were treated in my family with love and respect and dignity. And it was very confusing to go out in the public to see that, you know, more than half of the women were not receiving the same, you know, love and respect that we were getting. So I wanted to change that. Mm. Yeah. And that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a confronting and also a conflicting story in the same um in the same at the at the same time because it was your uncle that in in a lot of ways slapped you across the face saying this isn't appropriate and yet your core family didn't hold those same values whatsoever and was like no this is how you treat and you respect and you love a woman so you yes. were that would have been quite challenging to um interpret as a young girl as well um, yes, it, it was very challenging. And then also putting my father's relationship kind of like on the edge, you know, because he is the youngest in the family. So for him to kind of, because a lot of these things happen in the name of tradition, mm. you know, but then when I talk to my grandfather and my grandfather says, no, it's not our tradition to abuse women. Yes. It's not our tradition to put women down. And it's not our tradition, you know, to disempower girls. So somehow something got lost along the way, you know, through history that, you know, women have been reduced to becoming second class citizens. Yes. So that is the narrative that we need to change. Yes, 100%. In everyone's minds. You know, it, it, that is, uh, that's such a, a true thing for the internal battle and the societal beliefs that are handed down from generation to generation that um, uh, certainly we've come a long way in changing those beliefs and rather than it being the old school feminist where it's about burning bras and <laughs> uh, things like that that are, are, are completely the opposite because that's kind yeah. of, it, it became a bit of an anti-man thing. It's like, no, let's go yeah. pro-life. Let's I, go yeah. pro-humanity. Let's go, let's let's be strong within our masculine and our feminine and, and see what we can create from that harmony. Exactly, yes, you know, because often I introduce myself as a feminist and I remember I was at one of the universities and this guy decides to walk out of the auditorium. So I said to him, I said, why are you leaving? He said, well, you're a feminist, you definitely, you, you, you start bashing men. I said, actually, no, I love men. You know, I said, I'm surrounded by good men. I, I have men in my life, you know, and uh, all I'm asking for is that, you know, just that respect and, um, 
that, you know, I treat you with love and respect and you treat me with love and respect. And also to judge women based on their capabilities, not based on their gender. Yes. You know, so um, and it brings back to, you know, this idea of uh, listening to the news this morning where Serena Williams, you know, she was, I think, talking about equal pay. And uh, somebody said, well, you playing three sets and the guys are playing five sets. So they get paid more. So if you play equally, then you get to be, you know, paid equally. And I think uh, that's fair. So, yeah, let's let's judge women uh, based on, on their capabilities, not, um, yeah, not, not on their gender. And then also um, treating each other with, with respect, you know, because I know as a woman there are certain things that I can't do, you know, and I have to acknowledge that. And there are certain things that, men can't do either so um yeah we just need to balance balance the equation yes and love and respect each other so (laughs) what's one word that best describes you and your personal brand ah that's a very hard one i think i would say chic i'm a very um i'm a girly girl um When I was growing up, I used to be a tomboy, believe it or not. And um, when I was 16, I was dared to enter a beauty contest, which I did. I lost. and But it was just that embracing the feminine side of myself that I really loved. And, uh, and there was just this kind of like this feminine force that just somehow magically came into my being. So everything that I do, it has to be chic, you know, so uh, my dressing, my my business. Yeah, so I think that would be just the word that would describe my business and what I do and myself. Perfect. Perfect. And so what are three golden nuggets that you would like to um, give our listeners and have them leave us with today? Um. So one would be that, Opportunity, you know, like unlocking your potential and, uh, and about opportunity. Opportunities, uh, often look, come in form of work. So when somebody offers you an opportunity, I would say, you know, if it looks good, take it. And then being confident about yourself. You are enough. You do not need to compete with anyone, you know, no matter what anyone says or does, you are enough. Embrace yourself and love yourself. You know, and then the other one would be surround yourself with game changers and go getters, you know, mentors, people that will, you know, uplift your game and just be a good person, be kind. Yes. I think that was four. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, 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 perfect. So, in um, what does the future storyline for Can Do look, sound, and feel like in one sentence? exciting yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 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 exciting that's just one word but um there's a, because with my work I travel quite a lot and I get to meet a lot of you know inspired individuals so all the time there's a lot of opportunities that come up and um yeah so there's a lot of collaboration that's that's happening between now and uh 2017 Yes. So um, growing my business, I want it to be um, a global brand. Yes. But, you know, first thing first, one step at a time. But um, it's exciting and uh, playing a bigger game, pushing boundaries and just seeing how far I can go. Yeah, perfect. 
and that so matches what exactly what we've talked about today. So we're going to have some links as to where to find you as well. But let's share with the listeners what your um, at least what your website is and some social media handles. Yes, yes. So um, everything is just on Candubelts, N-K-A-N-D-U-B-E-L-T-Z. Once you put that name into Google, it will come up with a whole list of things. Google loves me, <laughs> as I found out yesterday. And uh, my website and candubelts.com.au or you can go to fierceandfabulous.com.au and find out about all the fierce and fabulous women that I work with. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a rich and delightful interview and, it's yeah, I've loved it. Or conversation hasn't even been an interview, it's been a conversation. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate you. And um, thank you so much to all the listeners listening to this. I value you. Thank you. You're very welcome. This is Julianne Black for the I Am Woman Project. Keep smiling and be brilliant now. That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.